Hey there, welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. This is season two, and I'm your host, Anna Dana. This is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to bring an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Bob's Talk, serial founder now working on Hello Ivy, an all-in-one modern project management software designed to streamline your work and empower team collaboration. Um, a very competitive space. So I'm really excited to see and learn how you're dealing with it. So welcome to the show, Bob. Hi, hi, Anna. Yes, thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for the intro. Sure. Okay. So first things first, uh, would love to know a little bit more about your background, you know, because this is, like I said, you're a serial founder. You started um, 2017, if I'm not mistaken, the first venture that you've built. Uh, but yeah, tell me more how you got into SaaS in the first place. Um, well, that was actually 2012 when I started my first venture. Um, okay. It's already <laughs> quite a while ago. To be <laughs> Sorry. <honest. laughs> um, yeah, I, I've always been into B2C, I guess. I've only recently made the move into B2B. But in 2012, um, me and one of my better friends, we co-founded a company called Paperflies, um, which was at that time, it was a meta flight search engine, similar to, to Skyscanner, basically, as, you, as everybody knows. Okay. Um, back then, there were a lot more meta search engines. Now, I would not even try competing with those giants anymore. Um, but we were actually doing great in the Netherlands, Germany, Scandinavia. Um, and that went actually very well. Then... We saw some other opportunities in the tech startup space, um, tech travel space, so, sorry. Um, and we created another company in 2017. I think that's maybe the one that you're referring to. Yeah. Um, which was quite similar, but we added hotels and we made it more of like a, a boutique kind of travel agency using our Meta search engine for data. Um, and that worked very well. And then, and, then, and then Corona came around the corner and that basically killed our revenue of both companies. Um, within a week, we went from 100% of revenue to like five. And the cost unfortunately oh, wow. didn't. So um, yeah, that's how I actually pivoted into, into B2B, I guess, because of Corona. Yeah, COVID. Okay. Yeah, Corona screwed up too many businesses. It's just... Uh... Uh, such a pity, but yeah, okay. And uh, Hello Ivy is definitely not in the travel space. So how did you get there? Uh, where did the idea come from and what are you doing right now? Um, well, well, that actually refers again to my old uh, businesses. We were, we were running a team of like, I think 15 people, uh, 15 to 20. And we were looking for a good way to manage the work and the team, basically for project management software, right? And we signed up for, for, for dozens of them. And none of them somehow stuck. Most of them were too complex for just smaller teams that don't need thousands of features, features that, that many offer, right? Like an Asana and a, and a Monday, they get quite complex quite quickly because they focus on enterprise and, and small teams. Um, so yeah, we were we were just trying to find um, software to help us run the team and, and manage the work. And in the end, we ended up at Basecamp, which was basically too simple again. They had they they 
also it worked for us but not great so i always had like hey this can be done so much better and i was already interested in design ux i did a lot of that those things for the for our other company um and it's exactly what we did with the with the meta flight search engine that we had we simplified it you know many things were complex especially for b2c users back then things got complex booking a flight we made the whole user journey so much better in our opinion and that that actually really worked um and that's why i thought hey this can be applied to the complex project management software as well and that's actually why the idea was always in my head and then when COVID came um i had this idea pop back into my head and actually quite impulsively started started designing and working on it and uh, before you knew it uh i had my mvp basically so uh, yeah okay i love it i know that there are some stories when the tool just didn't live up to the expectations or weren't maturing enough with the team that were using it. So they built something more complex, but there are less stories like this where, you know, founders wanted something simpler. And I think that's, that's a great case because it's not discussed very much. And I would really want to get to it a bit deeper. So you said basically something was a bit too difficult, something was a bit too simple for you. Was there anything else that you wanted to solve for yourself or for others? And you were talking about Hello Ivy as it exists right now. But as far as I know from your story, Hello Ivy was not really intended to be what it is this day. So what was the initial idea? I think you're referring to that we started as a B2C company, right? Yeah. And then it was, or at least that's what I remember from a blog post. It was like a note taking tool. It's correct. Right? No, that's correct. But yeah. like the project management idea was always there, but you don't go okay. from zero to a hundred, right? If you want to have yeah. a working project management tool that you want businesses to actually sign up for, you need, you need to have a product, right? And it's not, you won't, if you start building, you won't have a proper project management tool, in my opinion, within like 12 to 18 months, right? So what we did is we, we thought about it and then we started with the core, which is note-taking and, uh, or notes and, and documents. But for B2C customers, we spin it as note-taking at that point and tasks. And if you have your task and your uh, notes in one app, um, that would work perfectly for B2C, but not for B2B yet, because there's not enough features. There's no team collaboration yet, um, but it will work for B2C. Um, so yeah, we started building and we quite quickly got our, our document and our notes online. Then we added tasks also quite quickly and we just started selling it as a B2C product. We got a website live, we put on Google ads, um, and the consumers, they're so much easier to reach than the businesses. The businesses need to see a lot of like much more social proof. They don't sign up as quickly. Um, so yeah, we actually got quite a lot of people that started to use it, um, which was great. I'm actually looking back to it. It was much easier starting out as a B2C product than when we fully pivoted to B2B. It's so much, you have to work so much harder to get this user onboarded and they need to stick, right? I mean, the whole team needs right. to get in there. Um, but once you have that, they bring the whole team. They have a long customer. Right. And probably churn also is, is lower. Yeah. Churn for businesses is lower. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I mean. But anyway, so we, we got these consumers. It, it worked very well. And you would say like, hey, Notion was there and all those tools were there. There were like a billion note-taking tools, right? Um, yeah. But the demand and the search volumes for note-taking is so high. I mean, if they're just going to land on your website first and it looks good, then you basically got that consumer, right? You got them in there. And back then, Notion wasn't as good as... Uh, they weren't doing a lot of tasks stuff yet there was really only like documents and notes um right now it would be much harder to compete again i guess it goes so fast um but yeah we got a lot of con consumers in there and it actually worked out and then after we continued developing and started to become more robust software and get more features and and realize our vision we started to slowly pivot to to b2b yeah Okay. And I read some of the reviews and obviously went myself to see what the product is. Uh, and it's beautiful. And a lot of people noticed that the design is just amazing. So what's the reason for okay. focusing on design? Because you went after uh, a B2, B2C market. And like you said, when I go, for example, looking for a note-taking tool and I see something that looks pretty, and it does what I want it to do, you know, you got me, you know, why, why go and look for something else? So was that the reason for a great design or was it something that you did later because you wanted to differentiate yourself? So not only a clutter-free, uh, easier experience for tiny teams, but also an incredible design. Yeah. Now, I've always thought design was super important, especially for this next generation software. Um, like, I think UX is probably one of the most important things, right? Because you have a lot of software tools that that trying to do the same thing. In like, under the layer, they have the exact same features, but it's how do you experience these features, right? Like, how do you get from one to another? Um, how does the dashboard that you're actually in on a daily basis look like? Does it allow you to focus? Is there a hundred thousand buttons? Is there clutter? Um, so UX and workflows is probably most important to me. I mean, if the UX is great, people like using your software. And if they like using your software, they'll stay, they'll invite their team, etc. And um, UX goes for me quite hand in hand with design. Back in the days, design wasn't as important. It's still an extra, but with the competitive landscape out there, you need those extras and people come to expect it because all the software, like all these next generation tools that come out like Atio, Folk, uh, Linear, whatever, they're all, they look great, right? And that's just the new standard. And I think soon, or I actually think we're already there. If you get it, if you sign up for an app, you go in there and it looks like old fashioned. I mean, that that's just a, a negative point for that, that piece of software because clients, users come to expect it also just looks good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you said it's a new standard because I've just recently went to this website and the tool, like the product, what it does is just absolutely incredible. I love the idea, love how they work and they're fairly successful too. I'm not going to name names here, but still I went to the website and I was so pumped about the idea and it looked honestly like I was back in, in seventh grade. And that was per probably like my first experience of internet. I'm 31. So 
I don't know, about <laughs> 20 years ago, right? So, <laughs> and it just, and I was just- So it scared, scared you away or? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I okay. just couldn't understand, like comprehend, like why, but it still gives you like a vibe of something so old fashioned and something that should definitely not mm work in this day and age so yeah absolutely absolutely agree with you that uh, but, if your tool is if your tool is amazing right and you don't have a lot of competitors and you're not necessarily working in this tool on on a daily basis design matters less again but if it, if you're in a really crowded space and a lot of people use the software I mean, it's definitely a pro to have. And if you're not having it and others have it, you mean they get similar experiences to what you just explained. And then they'll just move along to, to the other, uh, to the competitor, basically. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, it turned out they were not focusing on like sales or experience. So you would actually get a call and then experience the actual product. So it looked much nicer, but just the first feel, uh, I don't know, you look at it and you don't think it's going to work. So absolutely scrappy MVPs and bad designs have no space uh, in SaaS anymore. But uh, yeah, I know that uh, you've actually used a lot of uh, customer feedback. You were very active in the hacker community asking for early user feedback for validation of your idea. Uh, as far as I remember, you use Product Hunt, uh, indie hackers, were there any other channels that you used to validate Hello Ivy, the early stages? And how did this strategy change the roadmap of the product? Yeah, yeah, I, I indeed used all those platforms. And while they are useful, they're in the end, they're not really core users of your product, right? So they go to your website and they say, oh, this looks great, that looks great, but it stays superficial in my opinion so what where, where i got the best feedback from is when we started this b2b b2c product in the early stages and um, we actually had users paying for the product right and um they actually helped we had some there's always this this small group of super users that really loves your product and that is like excited about it and they start emailing you and they say hey this works well but could you do do this or hey, there's a bug there. They, sh they clearly shouldn't find bugs, but they did because we were early stage. Um, so I would say those people helped us to improve the product most, just, just the core users, because they're, they're also the most important in the end, right? Um, and still, until this day, we have we have a couple of businesses, some teams that that email me weekly, twice a week almost. And because of them, the product went so much faster into the right direction, I would say, uh, than without them, because then we would just base it all on what we believe and what we think. Um, but no, their user feedback has been has been very important. Yeah. Right. Okay. But um, you're already talking about existing customers, paying customers, uh, so that that was already something that people could use. But even before that, I mean, everyone's talking about. Uh, selling before even launching so did you do that uh did yeah. you validate an idea before before building something or you went straight on you know we, we know the the problem we know what we're building now uh, i'm pretty stubborn with that i had this idea and i just 
started building the, the, the MVP in the smallest sense, which was just, just a note, right? And when that was live, I just get way too excited about it and I want to start putting in some money with Google Ads because I have quite some Google Ads experience from my previous company, B2C. I mean, it's a big channel, I guess. And then we actually started to get our first paid customers. I keep saying we, but it was just me um, quite quickly. So, and, and they also gave feedback, right? And they decided if they wanted to upgrade and start paying and, and they decided that themselves. So um, it was good enough for them. Um, but yeah, from that very early stage, they were already very important um, regarding user feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. yet that was just the most value, valuable feedback I got. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So at the beginning, it was just you and no one else. Yeah. Um, I cannot code as well. So I hired uh, people to code. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you were the driving force, the visionary behind the, behind the product. Yes. Yeah. No, everything but coding, like I can do basic coding, but like, um, I mean, there's so much to do in the end anyways, that uh, I, can't, I can't put on every hat in the company. Right. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So, um, I guess because we started talking about validation of ideas and uh, talking with your customers um, and using all kinds of, of social media and communities uh, to do, let's talk about launches, right? Everyone says that uh, every product has so many launches throughout its lifetime. And you've had a few too, right? So you first launched with your B2C customers, then you launched with your B2B customers. And now basically as, as far as I see by, uh, by your posts uh, and your blog, every time there is something, it's another launch, right? So uh, how to navigate this, how to, how to know uh, what features to build and at what point to launch, uh, quote unquote, um, and get the feedback get the idea like what customers want or, or do they want it at all? Yeah, I think launches are always, they're very excited for the founder, right? Because they're like, wow, we almost have this ready and then we're going to launch and then it's going to turn out to be a big success, right? But they're a bit overrated. I mean, they never have the impact you hope them to have. Um, maybe after your first two launches, you understand and then you, you change your expectations. Um, so yeah, nowadays, I think also Product Hunt played a big role in that because they allowed you to launch more often nowadays. Back in the days, it was just one launch, you were on there and then it was done. And now you're allowed every six months, I believe, to, to launch and you have like um, the opportunity to get on the homepage, right? And because it just, it's just, it's so competitive and there's so many companies out there at the moment, you need all the exposure you can get, right? Um, and a launch, you have something to tell often, right? So, um, and you have a new version. Um, it's also just to get the, for example, we had some teams working with Hello Ivy in the beginning phase, in the, in the when we were B2B already. Um, they loved the look and feel, but some of the workflows didn't really work for them yet because we were not matured enough yet, I guess. Um, then we launched our new version, right? Hello Ivy uh, V2, um, which is a good, moment to also email all your previous customers again saying hey look we got this new product now it looks a lot better and we actually addressed some of your feedback are you interested in using it now and then they come back and they start 
their trial. And many of those teams are actually using it right now. So it's also just a good opportunity to tell people like, hey, we, we are grown as a company. We're much further. Um, give it another shot. Right. And that's what, what really works, yeah. Looking for new ways to find customers for your SaaS business? Consider adding an affiliate or customer referral program. Rewardful is the easiest affiliate tracking platform to set up, manage, and scale for SaaS companies. Log your customer acquisition cost and only pay based on results. Integrate Rewardful with your Stripe or Paddle account and set up your affiliate campaigns in minutes. Rewardful automatically tracks referrals, calculates commissions, handles upgrades and downgrades all seamlessly in the background, whether you sell one-off purchases or recurring subscriptions. Companies like Podia, Copy.ai, Barometrics, Synthesia, and many, many more are already using Rewardful to add that sweet, sweet MRR to their businesses. Sign up now at Rewardful.com for a free 14-day trial and turn your biggest fans into your best marketers. Okay, that's interesting. I think no one's ever talked uh, on SaaS Unbound about uh, the fact that these communities could not only be working as a source of new customers, but also an opportunity to kind of reconnect with somebody who's tried and maybe wasn't very happy with it or maybe remind other people who didn't want to try at first. Uh, that's interesting. So what's overall your feedback from working with Product Hunt? Because uh, I can feel that it's very mixed uh, among founders. Some say that, you know, we launched there, like you said, had great expectations. There was a huge wave of customers or potential customers. Uh, but then it was big poof because they tried, yeah, they played with it. They went back because they wanted something else uh, that's newer. What, um, what was in it for you? Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like we launched on Product Hunt and I was, again, my expectations were way too high. We got some, some new clients working with it and it helps as a tool, just as a marketing tool. But I feel some people are like, did you do your Product Hunt? launch already as if that's the biggest thing that's going to happen the biggest thing happening for them and it's going to make it an overnight success but that's at least not how it went for us um, and i did more than one launch it does really help we are actually soon doing a new product launch we're also getting a new website we're getting actually i wouldn't say a new version of hello ivy but a, a much better one again in my opinion we're just growing as a company and when you hit certain milestones you want to do that product hunt launch again um we could have done the launch already months ago because I'm sure there are companies looking at every six months now we can introduce something again and say something again. It's almost like a like a social media platform where every six months you got this opportunity. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, but yeah, but but it works, and I would recommend everybody to use it. But in what you're what you were just touching on is your if your product is not converting or your churn is very high, those customers will have the same reaction, right? I mean. You can get a lot of overnight visitors, a lot of people, your website looks great, they sign up and then maybe they'll churn because your product isn't good enough. And that's often what it is with launches because if you launch something, it means it's the begin phase of your company often, right? So you don't have maybe elaborately tested all the metrics yet. 
and therefore it's easy to also lose clients, I guess. But I mean, in the end, you do need to make those mistakes to solve them, right? So sure. probably the most important thing is to keep on going if you believe in it and be fully dedicated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I think Product Hunt is just becoming like this another listing website but an absolutely crucial one like you have to be there right it's not like yeah. g2 or uh captera right between those you can choose but if you're in SaaS, product hunt is the place to be it's also just the yeah. crowds oh, yeah, no, yeah, i want to say it's also <laughs> the people that actually are, are subscribed to the product on newsletter and all those people, they're often tech savvy people, right? So if you have a mm -hmm. tech product, there will be a lot of interest from there. And these are often like innovators, so they can help you. I mean, there's a lot of people on product Hunt that have like huge Twitter following base again, et cetera. So it is a place where you can start to go viral. So it's super important that you're there. Right. Absolutely. I think the element of community is really important there. So uh, what about you? Are you building a community out of your customer base what is basically your growth strategy we're building community as in a user feedback community which is really important to us so we mm -hmm. use some uh i think it's called canny maybe you know it's a yeah. feedback tool where users can actually generate your roadmap basically right um, it's a public roadmap and it's very important to us because we want to show that we're working with the users for the users basically. And that if you signed up for the product and you're missing some things, but it's close, for example, you're like, we had some clients that are like, I love your product. I really want this to be my project management tool, but you don't have this, you know? And mm -hmm. then we want to make it very clear, put it on the roadmap. Um, and we're a flexible, quick moving company, quick acting company. So we can build those things, right? And that's what we want to make really clear to the uh, to the user that like uh, yeah we're growing as a company and if it makes sense to us it can be there within two weeks basically um, okay but then again right. we're also we probably touch on that a bit later but we're very opinionated and we don't want feature fatigue and an over cluttered user interface so we're really picky on what we're what we implement and if you're going to listen to all the users you're going to have click up tomorrow and that's what we Absolutely. don't want because they're in my opinion, um, pushing every single feature in there, which makes it just chaotic. Right. And then we're, we're building on our socials. We're not so good at that yet, but Twitter can become a really important platform. Um, like LinkedIn, we should do a lot more there, but we're a growing, but fairly small team still. So we, we have to pick our battles, right? And at the moment it's just product, product, product for us. And everything comes second, all the other stuff comes second. But yeah, you want to have enough resources to to have equal focus on both, basically. Um, but right. we're getting there. And you, you're hiring now too, so the team's growing. Who's going to be the new hire? I mean, what what's the position you're hiring for? Well, growth is very important for us. So basically, what I was just touching on, like we need much more exposure. We need to yeah. um, get out there, introduce people to Hello Ivy. Okay, so right. That's, well, that's your first step, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can have a beautiful product, right? But if, if, especially in the crowded market that we are, if you cannot get your foot in the door or nobody's going to notice you, then your, your great product will just, I mean, sure. it will disappear eventually, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
No, that's great. So about the team, let's maybe touch upon that a little bit since we already started. Uh, how big is the team and who was the first hire? Well, I guess it was um, a developer, right? Um, yeah. Okay, then maybe second. <laughs> so <laughs> what was, again, as essential as the development of the product that you decided to to hire another person to do that? Yeah, now we're with about like 13 right now. Um, okay. And the first people that got on board were developers, but two, like, because <laughs> you need front end, back end, right? So, yeah. and then again, we were, I, that's maybe, it might be a mis, yeah, it's maybe a mistake I made, but I started developing the product a while ago already. And I focused only on developing the product um, without actually getting out there, you know? Like I said, we don't have a lot of exposure yet on Twitter or LinkedIn or other socials because we only start really working on that recently. And if we would have started working on that like 18 months ago, we would have just been so much further. But again, you have to pick your battles, right? So it's not always possible, but maybe I was too focused on, on, on the product. Right, right. Well, with all the launches, it seems like maybe building in public is is your thing to go with. But yeah. But but you can read a lot about this, right? It's always like, should I launch my product already? Well, I'm actually not so happy with it yet. You know, there's a lot of opinions on the internet about that. And most people just say launch it as quickly as you can. And that's what we did. We just didn't market it um, straight away. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even on the podcast, I've had founders who've been building the product for two years and they're still not actively acquiring customers because they want that perfect touch and feel. Uh, and then there were others that are just shooting new products out every couple of months and they're just, you know, trying what, what, what will stick. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, both are successful founders, by the way. So you never know what will work for an individual company. Okay. So, uh, the next question is about you and your journey as a founder, right? There were two ventures before Hello Ivy. How did your role change like with the, with each business and with now growing the business from you to 13 people, how do you see your role and your own leadership management style evolve with this journey? Yeah. The funny thing is actually that my other venture, my, my previous startup that I started in 2012 and ran all the way to COVID, so to 2020, basically, I was a bit on the same journey as I am right now, right? I started together with my co-founder, just the two of us. And then we also grew our team to round about the size that I'm almost having now as well. So it's a bit of the same kind of journey in terms of like, you start doing every single thing yourself and you slowly move into a position where some things are taking off your hands, right? And that's actually <laughs> exactly what happened with my previous company, which I have right now too. There's other people taking care of, I don't know, website, SEO, that sort of stuff. Well, in the beginning, you have to do it all, right? So yeah, it, it, it feels good to grow the company because you know some more specialists are working on things because I feel I can do a lot of things, but I can never go in depth for all of those things, right? I know how to run Google ads campaigns, but until like 60, 70%, and then my knowledge stops because I'm not a specialist working with that on a daily basis, because that's not possible. If you're gonna start a you have a hundred thousand other things to do. We interviewed for a PPC person and 
you know, you then see like, oh, we can go so much deeper. We can get customer acquisition costs down by another, I don't know, 50% or whatever, which is very interesting. So I'm, I'm happy that we can hire those kind of people to get better results again. Okay. How does it feel to, to delegate? Because again, this is a topic that I cannot get enough of. Founders sometimes have real difficulty to let go. Like I knew how to do this and I knew this a certain way, right? This is something that we also discuss in acquisitions, right? With the founders who stay uh, with companies that acquire them. Like they're still working on the product, but th they have to let go and they can never expect other people doing everything they did the same way they did it. So um, how is it for you? What would be your maybe advice, like how to let go? Well, I'm apparently a typical founder then because I, so, I also have a hard time with that, but more about the things that I really care about. Like for example, I really care about product. So that's basically what I'm doing on a daily basis, right? I'm working on a product, but other things like SEO, it's very easy for me to, to give that out, uh, give that to other people, right? If I know, Hey, you're going to do a better job than I did. It's not my expertise. I don't really like to work on it. Then I'm happy to get rid of that. But the core, the things I really like to work on, I want to stay involved. And I guess I could be a bit micromanaging with that sometimes. Um, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. I don't know. People probably get annoyed, but it's important, right? I mean, we're a product-led company, I guess. So yeah, I mean, product is, is in the end, uh, the most important thing. Okay. Well, that's, that's also super important to just stay within something that you love because you have everything at stake and, and you're supposed to take this to the next level and, and stay with the product for quite some time. Right. So if you're not doing what you love, well, then why do it at all? I guess you have quite some founders when the team gets a lot bigger, like probably when you go past 50 people or something, then you see a lot of founders shift to really a CEO role where they are only like being the voice of the company and the brand basically. But I do think I really want to stay involved in product. Um, so then it's maybe not wise to be or stay CEO because I mean, that's also a full-time job, right? And right. when the company grows, you have to have a specialist on each position, in my opinion, to, to make the most out of it. So yeah, for, but for now, there's still more than enough room to do grow, to do product for me. And that's what I love. And if I'm passionate about it, I can also work a lot harder. So um, that's okay. important, I guess. Okay. Well, well, you know, there is, like you said, there is still so much that you want to do that hopefully that passion never dies off. But could you maybe share a hack that works for you because you work on the product and sometimes when founders are very deeply into the product, they get short-sighted because they basically just look at it at all times. And every feature, every pixel is something that they know, something that they often admire. So what is your hack to distance yourself from the product sometimes? Maybe have a fresh look, uh, see where this is going, where you could develop it, and maybe give the way to uh, what customers want and what customers request? Well, if you find this hack, I would love to know about it because <laughs> what you're just explaining is basically what is also maybe my weakness. I may be too deep into the product and 
I can get so focused on stuff that I'm like, oh, I'll just finish that and just finish that. And before you know it, we're two weeks further and I didn't look at any of the other stuff, right? So that is maybe the tunnel vision that I also have. Um, but again, that's also super important, right? Because as a founder, you you started this product, you probably made it successful. So you have to keep on doing what made it successful. So if you all of a sudden zoom out too much and you you leave that position, then there's also an opportunity for the product to not develop into the great product it can be. So I, I would say it's super important to stay there. Um, I can imagine if you have co-founders, it's much easier, right? Because you have different roles within the company so other people can take care of things. Um, but yeah, the zooming out, it's sometimes hard for me because like what I said, if I have a passion for something, I can work really hard for it and therefore sometimes neglect other important things. So okay. if you find a hack like that, I would love to know it. Uh, I try to zoom out. Of course, you know, I use Hello Ivy to actually prioritize my work, but sometimes I pick the things that I like more again, you know? Well, how could you not be? That's kind of natural, but okay. So the last question is something that everyone gets. What so far the biggest win and the biggest failure? You could talk about Hello Ivy or maybe your entrepreneurial journey. Like what do you think for you as a leader was a success and a failure? Well, the, the biggest failure I think for me was that Switching from B2C to B2B was so much more difficult than I expected. Um, I've always been in B2C, so I simply kept applying that type of marketing. Um, but as I touched on at the beginning of this, this podcast is you really need to gain trust of a business. You need to convince the whole team. It's just a totally different ballgame. And I honestly expected to onboard so much more teams from the start, which didn't happen, right? So I had to relearn how to basically market to, to B2B markets. And that, that I think was the biggest failure in my opinion, because it took way longer than I expected to get to a certain user base. Now we got it going and now it's working out, but yeah, just only the onboarding already. There's so many details to consider. Right. So yeah, that's. That was a time that I was like, okay, did we make the right move switching from B2C to B2B? Because with B2C, we got all these happy customers, right? Should we maybe not just go back? Um, hmm. But yeah, you need to make a decision, stand behind it. And this was always the goal. So uh, we adapted and mm -hmm. uh, eventually worked out. So is, so that is was, I, I would say that part of the product still available to uh, the end users? Like... Can I use Hello Ivy as a customer? Is there some part that works as, as B2C still? Because like you said, there were so many happy customers or did you wave goodbye to all of them? No, we actually recently waved goodbye to that and transferred all the existing consumers to our B2B product. And many are using the B2B product now, but I am not sure if it would be their first choice. I mean, they have their data in there, so it makes sense for them to just migrate, but they also see some features that are just not relevant to them. There's a chat, there's a discussion board, you know, and if you're working by yourself, that's not going to work for you. And therefore your interface is more cluttered again than it could be. And that's why as a single user, I think it's built for teams. So, yeah. Right. Okay. You could be talking to all your 
alter egos there, but <laughs> who does that? Yeah, um, maybe it works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what was the Great biggest uh, success? <laughs> Biggest success is for Hello Ivy that it now really starts to work out because what I said for a while, I was like almost doubting if we could make B2B work. And I also have a, like every company, right? You have a runway, you have a certain amount of time. And I know it just needs a lot of dedication and hard work. But on this, at the same time, we're competing with giants, right? I mean, I think ClickUp just raised 400 million and you have Monday, Basecamp. For the user, they're all direct competitors, right? Because they look for a project management tool and either they see Monday or Hello Ivy. It doesn't really matter to them. They're just comparing. So we're competing for the same keywords. Like their budgets, their marketing budgets are insane, right? So it's really sure. hard to get a foot between the door and we're starting to get there now. Our SEO starts to take off. So that means our strategy is working out, which is super important, right? Because every single keyword you can almost think of has a competitive score of like 85 plus. So you need to be really creative with like, are we going to go super long tail? Are we going to go, are we going to use AI? Right? So there's a lot of ways to do it. And now that starts to pay off. So that for me personally is a big win because I feel like, Hey, we're moving forward and we're going to get these, these users on our website. Right. And if we get them on our website, I'm we're just going to make it work. I mean, I fully believe that the metrics, they're already pretty good, but that we can get them to. To, to use the app if we get the right customer on the website. And that's the biggest challenge in this market. I mean, I can name like 30 project management software companies by the top of my head, right? That's ridiculous, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. And like you said, there are some companies that have huge marketing budgets. I mean, you just start typing management into Google and then there is Monday for like, <laughs> for all the prompts there. Yeah, so absolutely crazy. And their SEO is, is crazy, right? If you just see the teams that they have that, that, that create content, it's like, mm. I don't know, it's like 30 people in an SEO team. I mean, how can we compete with that? Right? So yeah, you have to be creative and, uh, so far we're getting there. So I'm happy about that. Okay. Well, happy for you. Happy to hear that. And, and hopefully, you know, next year, maybe we do another episode where you tell us how you took all over Monday. <laughs> um, I will, yeah, we acquired Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, never say never, but still, um, really excited to see where you go next with Hello Ivy. Uh, like I said, beautiful product, really love the website. Thanks. So yeah, all the best with it. And thank you for Soon the... this talk about. So soon the new website is launching and the product is getting like a, it's getting, a, it's like I said, it's not a new version, but it's going to look better and it's going to have some unique things to it. So uh, have another look. <laughs> okay. I definitely will because like already I was so happy with the look and feel of the website that yeah, definitely interested how it's going to look uh, later. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. M me okay. too, to be honest. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the conversation. It's been great talking with you. Great story. And like I said, I wish all the best to Hello Ivy. Great. Thank you so much, Anna. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was great. No problem. All right. Thank you and take care. That was yet another awesome conversation on SaaS Unbound. We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders, and if you're one, 
reach out to me directly at anna at sas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS Group, a founder-friendly private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit saas.group, fill in the form, and expect a response in under 24 hours.